Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. Turn to Numbers 21. And uh, I'm just going to mess up the order of our service. So whatever is on planning center, you could just put a big X through it. And um, greetings to all of our online congregation. I certainly want to be a, a good host to those of you who might be here for the very first time. My name is Pastor Daniel Bracken. My beautiful wife is on the front row. That's the lady I was holding hands with. Her name's Pastor Karen Bracken. The staff and congregation here of Kings, Alaska, welcomes all of our first-time visitors. If you're here for the first time, we're so glad that you're here. And we welcome you with the love of the Lord. And so glad that you're here to worship God and to receive from his holy word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word will remain, will endure forever. Just quite a thing. Everything else is going to disappear, but his word will remain. Numbers 21, we'll get to it here in a moment. I'm starting a new series tonight on healing. Going to talk about divine healing. Going to talk about miracles and of healing. And um, it's, it's a birthright. And many have forgotten about it. You know, if you forget about your birthright, if you forget what's yours, then, then you won't know how to stand in it. If you order a package from Amazon... You know, you expect it to show up in your house, at your house, at your doorstep, and maybe you have it linked to your phone, and uh, it tells you while you're at work, bing, your package arrived. Amen. So you expect that, and, uh, you know, they have your information, and if you have one of those, you know, it's incredible. In the 60s, they were afraid of communists listening in. Now people order devices, put them in their homes so everybody can record all their conversations. I think they call it, what do they call it? Alexa, right. And there's some other modes. Series probably does the same thing. How many of you know that? I, I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I'm saying they just to record everything. And, um, you know, and then they'll move to facial recognition and they already have that in China. Everybody's face in China is, that's crazy. I mean, they know everybody's face in China is recognized, all the cameras, all of that. Just don't take the mark. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Anyway, if you order a package from Amazon or from some place that would deliver, then you might get a, a notice that comes up on your phone. Sickness and disease is being delivered to homes all across America through GMOs and all kinds of dead food and sugar and all kinds of stuff. And, um, and America's sick. I said America is like ill. And then you have, by and large, you say, well, not in my house. Good, not in my house either. But I'm just saying, by and large, America's sick. And something happened this morning. I think it was this morning when I asked Susan to pray. Susan and Jim Hart are leaders in this house and highly esteemed, not only here, but... Uh, different parts of America, and we, we just are so honored that you're here. 
You guys encourage me and my wife in a profound way. We're very grateful for you. They're helping with KSM, and they've got a powerful evangelistic, evangelistic gift on them, and they got all the gifts operating in and through them. Anyway, Susan prayed, and uh, the girl prayed. Uh, it wasn't just kind of a... Um, wasn't even like she was yelling any, or anything. She just had tremendous authority praying the word of God. And um, you said something that just kicked me right over into another place. And, uh, I, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's like, you know, how are you going to get the whole world saved if you're sick? You know, we need to be healthy to get the harvest in. Divine healing is a birthright. And it's been forgotten by much of the body of Christ. The same, the, the, the same salvation that you believed on on the cross. Come on, turn to Isaiah. It's, I think I gave you notes, but we might not go there. Isaiah chapter 53. Healing and salvation are in the atonement. Purchased at the cross. It's a part of the kingdom. The whole thing is amazing, so I'm just going to go like from verse 1. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him like a tender plant. And as a root out of dry ground, he has no form of comeliness that we should see him. It's talking about Jesus that... Jesus wasn't like super handsome and ripped that people would be drawn to him because he was handsome and in great shape. That's not why they were drawn to him. And when we see him, there was no beauty that we should desire him. Well, that's contrary to this day and age, isn't it? But he was despised and rejected by men, verse 3. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely, is Shirley here? God bless you, Shirley. Your name's all over the Bible. Not sure it's the same spelling, but... Do you have a sister, verily? No? Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. So this begins to tell you, as it talks about the Messiah, read this to any Jew or Jewess, and they'll tell you this talking about the Messiah. Surely he bore our griefs. So if you have grief tonight, you can get rid of it. And I'm going to prove it. He carried our sorrows. If you have sorrow... You can get rid of your sorrow. That's what gospel means, good news. You know what good news is to those who are sorrowful? It means you don't have to be sorrowful anymore. You can have joy. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But, everybody say but. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. Our transgressions, our own sin, iniquity or iniquitous pattern generational iniquity. He took all of that upon himself. The chastisement for our peace. You see, because of our sin, we're separated from God. 
And because of sin, sickness and disease entered the world. There was no sickness and disease in the Garden of Eden. Sickness and disease, addiction and affliction, depression, anxiety, not from God. Not from God. But he took all of that upon himself. And then it goes on to say, and by his stripes, we're healed. Jesus paid for your sin, your sin and mine, but he paid for your sickness, your sin, and your disease too. And in the same way, and then we'll get into Numbers 21, and then we'll probably do announcements at the end and the offering at the end. I, I'll, believe me, I won't forget. Unless I do, and then you want to make sure I don't. Amen. Uh, Numbers 21. You want to go there. So in the same faith that it takes to receive salvation, which many of you are saved, and again, if you're not, if you've not been born again, if you've not been saved from your sin, if you've not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to do it tonight before the service is over. It's 739. Before the service is over, make a decision, a real decision to forget the world, forget pleasure-seeking, and give your heart to Christ. Give your heart to God. Believe on Him. But what does that mean? That means you believe that He died in your place so that you don't have to have death. And then you receive Him. In the same way that you did that, some of you decades and decades ago, others of you last week, in the same way that you received salvation, that's how you receive healing too. By faith. By confident assurance. You see it's written in the Word. Here we read some, it's all over scripture. Exodus chapter 15, I am the Lord your God that healeth thee. Well, how come everybody's not healed? I don't know why everybody's not healed. Not everybody's saved either. Well, you know, how come? I don't know, but I know what the word says. And I know that by faith, the promises of God are activated. Listen, God doesn't do things for you just because you need it. He doesn't move because you need something. And I think the only, I think the only exception to that is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God saw our need before, before, but it still requires action to receive it. If you don't take the action, then you do, he doesn't ever just do stuff for you. See, so what about that time? You know, God is sovereign. I understand. So maybe I got to rephrase that. Maybe he does just do stuff. But many times, the promises of God, the promises of God are the basis by which we pray, and they're accessed by faith. Faith brings the promises into fruition. Without faith, then you don't see them come to pass. Okay, so God does do things sovereignly. I need to correct myself, so I'm saying what I'm not saying. He does do things sovereignly. He does move, and he does even meet our needs. I mean, he's gracious and merciful, but many times... We need to take our faith to access the promises of God and then release them in our life. And that won't happen unless you do your part. God's not going to make you raise your hand. He's not going to, you have a free will. All right, Numbers chapter 21. And um, I think we had some notes for you. Okay, good. Ushers, hallelujah. They're hot off of Gutenberg's printing press. I was watching a documentary on Martin Luther while the notes are being passed out. Numbers chapter 21, and we'll go to verse 4. 
I was watching a documentary on uh, Luther, and, um, you know, it was a secular documentary, basically. But he's, he, at least the documentary said he's one of the first theologians that uh, came up with a German word, and it like, it's a pretty intense, German's a pretty intense language anyway. Brochen, that's bread, you know, so it's kind of intense. Anyway, I, I've forgotten exactly what the German word was, but he's the first theologian they said, I need to go study this out and see if it's true, to coin a particular phrase that meant attack, an attack. He experienced incredible demonic attacks, and, uh, and it's written about in his writings about how he would roll and, 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 and fight with, like, the devil. And I'm sure bringing a reformation, he did. He didn't have the revelation that we have now, but justification by faith he brought. A whole world is basically going to hell, and the Catholic Church had kept the Word of God out of the hands of people, and, and uh, they were selling indulgences, which were... Uh, for money, you could buy time to take time off of purgatory, which doesn't exist to begin with. The modern version, we need to go see that now, modern version of uh, Luther is, is well worth watching. Most of it, I think, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you had this happen. You see movies like from 20 or 30 years ago, you're like, that was a great movie. Then you go watch it, like, man, that's like totally defiled. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh, yeah. My God. So I guess I can't totally endorse it, but uh, anyway, powerful. Numbers chapter 21. Let me tell you how this, I, I've preached from this text before. Uh, I, was, I knew I was starting a series on healing and uh, had have numerous messages that I'm working on. But I was coming back from um, some exercise and I was praying in the Spirit right about the location of our church, the new one. And, uh, and I was feeling a burden. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I, mean, I, was, I was feeling may, maybe a little bit of the attack, which, which is, is normal. It's, not, it, it's, ab, it's abnormal to lose any fight. It's normal to have them, but you have victory over everyone. And don't let, don't let, them, don't, you know, don't let it get the upper hand. And sometimes you have to battle and fast and pray, and sometimes it can take days. And honestly, I was thinking uh, today as I was praying, I'm so blessed to be a preacher, so blessed to be a pastor for many reasons. God called me, all of those things. But I preach my way out of stuff. I preach my way right through all kinds of warfare. When I'm sick, you won't ever find me. Miss, if I'm not feeling well, I'll be, getting soon, I'll be getting better soon, and you won't find me passing the mic off for somebody else to preach when I'm not feeling well. Because when I'm not feeling well, I'm going to tell you all kinds of stuff I did for the devil when I was serving him. And I, I went through great sacrifice. I am, if I'm not feeling well, I'm going to get healed in the pulpit, or we're going to get on with it. But I, if I have to crawl over glass, we'll never close. We will never close. Did you, is the church closed? The church ain't closed on Sunday. ain't closed Sunday night either. It ain't closed on Wednesday either. And we open up other services, they'll stay open. Why? Because it's important. And sometimes, but sometimes it requires a battle. And I, I, I've, I've, I've felt it a little bit. And, and just praying through as I was driving home. 
And when I came to the church property, you know, the, I reached my hands out. I hope you're all doing the same thing. Don't listen. Don't underestimate the power of a prophetic company that would reach their hands out and prophesy something finished. So I hope you're doing it because it, I'm counting on you. We're counting on us together to see this thing come to pass. Reach your hands out to that building. Prophesy its completion. Say grace, grace. That's the, t- the text. Every time I drive by, Pastor, yes, every single time. Reach your hands out. Contend for it. And so I'm coming up on the property, and I'm battling in the Spirit, and I just felt like the Spirit, the Lord said, just look up. You know, I kind of got distracted of where I was in the road. And I looked up. Do you know that people are going to have to look up to that thing for generations should the Lord tarry? They'll have to drive and look up. And the Lord reminded me of a message that I preached years ago on healing called Look, uh, look and Live. So I'm going to preach to you out of Numbers 21. And many of you know the text, except I changed the title and tweaked it a bit. Look up and live. And I believe that as people drive into this valley from all around the world, as they visit to come fishing, to go snow machining, or whatever they've come to do, from all around the nations they drive, as they approach here, they will look up and feel life. They'll feel drawn to God. I mean, that's an amazing thing. They've done all kinds of neurological tests on people and how they have to, when they look up, there's actually a, a rise in serotonin. Uh, is, that, is that the right word? Anyway, there's an elevation of, of mood and they just, the, the body responds when you begin to look up. If you, if you lift your hands, did you know if you lift your hands and you look up, it's been proven that there's a release of, of life. Something changes in the human body when you look up and lift. I think we ought to look up and lift our hands for a second. Come on, look up, lift your hands and just say, praise the Lord. Praise him. Come on, praise him like you mean it. Yes. Hey, thank you, Lord. We give you glory and honor. Wonderful. Numbers 21, verse 4. And uh, we stand for the reading of the word, and the only reason we do that is to honor God and to honor his word. We're into honoring people, and uh, we do that for God and for his word. If you're not able to stand up, stand up on the inside. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor on the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God, against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in this wilderness? For there is no food, no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we've sinned for we've spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. I want you to say that. When he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent, put it on a pole. And so it was. 
if a serpent bit in anybody or anyone, when they looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Father, mess us up with truth. Move in power. In Jesus' name, amen. One preacher said, if you're not prayed up by the time you get in the pulpit, don't start. It's too late. I first heard this text many, many years ago. I, it's probably um, in the 90s, 90, 98. Dr. Morocco preached it. Welcome to Alaska, by the way. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Morocco preached a text, and it's called Look and Live. And um, I was always touched by the story of how his father, he told the story of Dan Morocco. And in fact, from this story, I learned to tell stories to my children. So he told the story in a message about how his father, Dan Morocco, would tell Bible stories to the children, him being one of the children. And one of the stories that was his favorite was, was this one. And uh, he goes to tell how his father was bitten by a serpent and was dying in the tent. And the family came around him and begged him to come outside. Just look at, the, look at the serpent that Moses put up on the pole. Just look at the serpent and you'll be healed. But the father couldn't hardly move. So they, they dragged him out of the tent. They, they brought him out in view of the serpent. He couldn't even lift his head. So the family grabbed, you know, it's a Bible story. They're, they're, he would tell his kids. So it's embellished a bit. And he is, they would lift the father's head and they helped him to open his eyes. When he opened his eyes, he's miraculously healed. This is a powerful text. It's a picture that in the midst of judgment, there's mercy. And it's a prophetic picture and Jesus talked about it. And we'll look here in John shortly after we examine this text. We'll go on to John and tie it into New Testament reality. Then release to you the healing power of God as you look up and live. God is going to heal, touch people, set people free today. You know why? Because sickness and disease are not from God. And he made a way for you to be healed and whole. Can, can someone say amen? amen? Can you say a better amen? amen? Come on. God is in the process and in the business of healing people, setting the captives free. So let's look at this text. God's given them great victory. Verse 1 through 3, they should have been greatly encouraged, but I, I think I've been a lot like the children of Israel. I'm sure you have too. You know, you go through a victory and it's a week or two later, you're facing another obstacle and you're like, Lord, where are you? Well, he brought you through the last Red Sea issue. He's going to bring you through this one. Can you say amen? But sometimes we can't see the forest from the trees. So they should have, God given them great victory, but they're discouraged. You see, Edom wouldn't let them, Edom, this nation of Eden, wouldn't let them pass through, so they had to go around. And apparently it's a difficult place. It's a difficult task. And so they end up very discouraged. The people grew impatient. They're impatient with God. Have you ever been that way? Come on. Like, like when, Lord? Like when are you going to come through? Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their... Shut up, and when are you coming through? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And then you have to remind yourself, wait, 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 that's not good. Don't say shut up. Lord, I trust you. You know, some people say you pray for patience and you're going to have some situations that bring you the, the great gift of having to cultivate them. I don't pray for patience. I already have it. It's a fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. Amen. So when I'm not feeling patient, I just go, I have it. I have patience. I don't need any lessons to teach me on patience. I have it now. And I take a big, deep breath. 
Patience. Peace is the same way. Joy is the same way. <laughs> so they grew impatient and they spoke against their pastor and against God. They spoke against Moses. The actual translation here is that they were sick in their soul. Now I'm just going to tell you, I know many people, believers, sick in their soul. Because they've not settled the fact that God is the potter and they're the clay. And they've not taken responsibility for their own role in actually changing circumstances. Maybe you don't see circumstances as divine appointments or springboards to catapult you on into a new anointing, a new mantle, a new courage, a new faith and breakthrough. Maybe you see, maybe you see the assignment of Edom in your life as something that's just there to wear you out and God's not with you because now you're in Edom. We all face Edom experiences where it's, where it's dry. There's always going to be a Gethsemane. Jesus was sent into the, am I helping somebody? Jesus was sent into the wilderness. He wasn't sent, he got baptized in the Holy Ghost, baptized in the Spirit. This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Spirit came on him like a dove, not a dove, but like a dove, came upon him and immediately went out into the desert. For 40 days he fasted and was tempted of the devil. He didn't go out into the desert nor are you in the desert so that he could be defeated. He's in the desert so he, could, so he could exercise the authority that he had to beat the devil on his own home turf. Home playing field advantage in basketball and football and every sport, there's always a home field advantage. And they believe that the, the desert and the, the, the arid and the dry places were where demons dwelled. And so for Jesus to go into the wilderness, led by the Holy Spirit, not to the BMW dealership, but led to the wilderness to exercise his authority and command the, through Scripture the enemy to go. Beat him. Beat the devil on his home turf. You're in a wilderness, maybe. Don't pitch your tent in the valley of the shadow of death. Come on, declare the victory. Declare the, the authority. Walk. Keep on walking. Keep on moving. Keep on singing. Keep on praying. Keep on prophesying. Don't pitch your tent and get in some pity. Oh, God, don't you even love me, Lord? Well, you left me up in the desert now. And I know lots of people that have gotten sick in their soul because they've not settled the fact that God's in control and then also don't know who they are. The combination of a distortion in God. Here's what the Lord spoke to me and my wife many years ago. The Lord said to me, who I am, son, and who you are in me changes everything. And I had to think about that. It was just a clear word right out of the spirit. I had to think about who you are. Who are you? Who are you? Who you are? You're the Messiah. You're God. You're enthroned. You defeated the devil, sick, and death. You're, you, you've took captivity captive. You've redeemed me. Who, who are you? Who am I? I'm, I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you dwell on the inside of me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, I'm royalty. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a priesthood. Come on, somebody. I'm a part of the priesthood. When I pray, God listens. When I, when I speak, come on, he, he moves 
I'm an agent. I'm an ambassador. I'm a minister of reconciliation in the earth. I am a trophy of God's grace. When you start to understand who he is and who you are, it changes everything. They didn't understand that God's got them and God's on the throne and he's going to help them through just like he parted the Red Sea. He was going to deal with the difficulty, but they had gotten sick in their soul. Don't get sick in your soul. They were resentful. Man, resent, resentment will kill you. I had to deal with that this week. What happened? I ain't telling you none of your business. But I, I, I had some situations where I had some things. I was done wrong. Anybody else been done wrong? Welcome to the human race. Somebody didn't do you right, didn't follow through, didn't keep their word, tried to take advantage, didn't do what they say, broke their covenant, broke the contract, on and on and on. And so I had opportunity to get resentful. And I just had to turn that thing. I said, no, 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 I'm not, no, no, no. What are you going to do here, God? You're going to work this thing. Come on, rakata, work it, work it. Come on, somebody say, work it, work it. Work all things, work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Can you say amen? He's working it out. Can you say amen? He's working it all for good. Come on, give an amen to the Lord. He's working it out. He's working it. God's on the throne. Devil's been defeated. You're the apple of his eye. He hasn't left you. Come on, he didn't teach you how to swim to let you drown. You're not, you're, come on, he, he's got you. Come on, someone say, he's got me. Unless, of course, he doesn't. And then I would be talking to those who are not born again. Again, here in a few moments, at the end of our service, I'll give you an opportunity to get right with Jesus. They were resentful. I don't know, you ever know people that just, I mean, it's just like Sunday, you got their shorts on a knot. If you want to know what shorts are, contact Pastor Karen. She'll let you know. I mean, I, I've seen people so miserable. What in God's name are you miserable? You obviously have no clue what you've been redeemed from. I mean, a Christian that's miserable, that's like a, that's an oxymoron. If you ever see someone who calls himself an intercessor that looks like they've been baptized in lemon juice, you want to make sure they're not on your prayer team. I mean, I understand coming under the burden. I understand coming in travail. I understand coming under the burden of the Lord, but for God's sake, after you come through the other side, honey, you better start smiling. Come on. You come through the other side. It's time to give them praise. It's time to shout. It's time to lift holy hands and declare the victory and the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, Pastor Karen, say amen. Amen. That's it. Come on, everybody say amen. Ready? One, two, three. Amen. Bitter and angry over what? Sin sick. Sick in their soul. Sick in their soul. And I think that happens because, well, for them, they're self-centered and unthankful. And I think it happens for us when we get all self-centered and unthankful. If you really go through a hard time, start thanking, start thanking him. Not for the hard time, but in all things. It's the will of God, as it says in Philippians. Give thanks in all circumstances. Not because of the circumstance, in them, in the midst of them. 
Paul and Silas in the midnight hour began to sing psalms and hymns and, and, and then God joined in with a three-part or four-part harmony. Shook that place. Jehoshaphat. Second Chronicles 20 and 20, the prophet said, send, send out the worshipers. So they send out the worshipers to worship before the army. How'd you like to be one of them? Look what the Lord has done. And they go face the army. I don't think it was like that. I think they, they had, I think they had the unction. I think they had the fire. I think they had the glory on them. So they just worship with everything they had. You know, at times in my life when I've faced difficulty, I, I've been depressed before. I used, to, I used to struggle with depression before I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and a hold of the revelation that I'm teaching you. I don't do depression anymore. And if I start feeling depressed, I'm either low on vitamin D, which can happen. But, but still yet, even with a vitamin D depletion, I can feel the difference between vitamin D depletion and, and real depression. But I can feel the difference. I know if you can. I would, I would just worship out. My wife and I, we would just worship out of stuff. And I remember many years ago in the church that we first pastored in Kula. We uh, had some challenges back then uh, in the ministry. We were part of a team. And um, I was a strident young man. I'm still a young man. I'm still strident. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not strident, but bold maybe. But then I was a little bit, well, rough around the edges. You think this is rough? No, I was really rough back then. And hungry for God and on fire. And uh, I would preach on Sunday morning. And the worship, you know, we were trying to, trying to get the worship team together. You know what I mean? You wouldn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Appreciate you, all your hard work. And so worship team is trying to get it together. And, and they were singing really the same 10 songs in rotation for about a year. And we were grateful that we had music. But, but how many of you know, if you just listen to 10 songs, at least for me personally, I'm going to lose my mind with the same 10 songs. Okay, So um, at least that's how I remember it. I'm sure it was a personal internal issue and everything was great with the worship team and all that, but I had some personal issues. So what I would do, that ought to cover anybody that's online. God bless you all did an amazing job. Praise the Lord. You were young too. You were green also. Amen. I remember. Okay. So <laughs> praise God for growing up. Amen, Pastor Karen. So I would get freshly anointed to go preach in worship, but I was struggling with worship in the church, so I decided just to have my own worship time prior to service, and I was feeling depressed. I was feeling kind of boxed in. I was struggling with resentment, and, and, and I knew I was off, and I'm like, man, I got to break out of this thing. We're going to have church. Oh, God. So I took a CD from um, Morningstar Ministries, Don Potter, and it was this, I don't know what, I, I would call it like Celtic, Holy Ghost, crazy music. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Others of you are like Shandaha, right? Yeah, okay. So 
How many of you ever heard of Don Potter? How many of you are? Okay, so this is like going back. And I'd put on this, this particular song that was 10 plus minutes long with a mandolin. I mean, it was crazy. And I put that thing on and I began to worship. And I began to worship. And I began to worship. And the church was in an old theater, so it was on an angle. And there was all these chairs that were, you know, in there as a church. And I was worshiping in the back, the thing blasting all over the neighborhood of Upper Kula right there. And it hit this one part where the fire of God hit me. All, all of my heaviness left. All of my, my resentment left. All of a sudden, the fire of the Holy Ghost hit me. And I began to spin. I, on occasion, will spin. Back when I was younger, I spent a lot longer and a lot harder. And so I was, I was like a, a whirling dervisher, I think my mama used to call me. And I am in this church by myself, spinning like a tornado under the fire of the Holy Ghost. And I'm, I mean, I just start seeing things, and it was more than just being dizzy, because I wasn't dizzy, actually. And, and then all of a sudden, I got taken out by, like, an angel, came and clubbed me or something. I don't know what happened. I wiped out, like, three or four rows of the whole church, the whole backside of the church. You know, three or four, I, I'm, I'm a, not that small, so, I mean, I took out three or four chairs and then three or four rows. And I'm laughing on the ground in the Holy Ghost, laughing, laughing. And then I start hearing other people laugh. And I think, I'm like, that's other people. <laughs> it's an hour before church. There ain't nobody here. I sat up and the whole worship team had been watching me the entire time. And they, I don't think, ever stopped laughing. What broke me out was worship and being thankful. You know, what, what brought them into a sin-sick soul in, in Numbers 21 now was being ungrateful. And, and that you, you catch it from this, this worthless, the worthless bread. You know what they're talking about? And our soul, look at verse 5, B. And our soul loathes this worthless bread. Do you know what they're talking about? They're talking about manna. They're talking about angel food. Basically, I'll preach on it soon because it's just been on my heart. I'll talk about that eventually. It's manna that would come daily, supernatural feeding by God. And they're like, and there's bread. I'm so sick of it. You'd been dead, honey, if you hadn't been eating the bread that God's given you. You'd have been croaked long ago. God's been sustaining you. But many times when you see the supernatural all the time, you can get a, well, you can get a, yeah, just, just take it for granted. It just becomes ordinary. You read Romans 1. talks about how with an ungrateful heart, you begin to spiral down into a demonic pattern and soon you'll be in bondage and soon you won't be serving God. Don't ever let your soul get sick. Don't do it. Marriage counseling, we see it. People get resentful. They get, they're like, man, if you don't pick up his stuff, she would just like love me, you know. Honor, she would respect me. That's usually what it is. On and on and on. 
And then people get, you know one of the keys to, to helping people in marriage and to help, this is free marriage counseling for all the people that are out there. Just start remembering, think back when you first, I can't do this too much because I'll just fall out. <laughs> think back when you met her. We were in a club. Oh, girl can straight dance. I'm just saying. She, she all acts all like, I'm just saying. You should, you should see, we should get her to dance right now. What do you think? She'd be like, hey. Truth is, right then it was just a physical attraction, but... But that, that's good, though. You know what I mean? Praise God. <laughs> You've got to move on from there. You think, about, think back about in marriage when you first met and how you fell in love and all the wonderful things about your spouse. You start, start rehearsing those things. Start, start, start thinking all the wonderful thoughts that you had and all the joy that you've had. And if you hadn't had that, then we'll get you delivered. You just come to counseling and we'll help set you free. And if you, if you, if you got a miserable marriage, you know, and you're married now, well, you need to work it out. That's your first ministry. You got to get healed. You got to get set free. You got to break devils off your mind, off your thinking. I fell out of love. Well, you're stupid because you don't really actually know what love is. Because you can't fall out of something like that. It's not something you fell into. I'm sure if you could fall out of love, Jesus would have done it just before being crucified. You know something? I just, you know what? I, you know, I just sort of changed my I ain't feeling it right now. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think I want to get crucified right now because all these people, they're lame. And they say, why don't you just, come on, come on, come on. Isn't there another way? <laughs> but it was love that put him on the cross. Love. Come on, want to know a definition of love? Did you sneak in here? You snuck in here. What, what you doing, girl? God bless you. Nice to see you. I'm coming. I saw your face for a second. She praised God. Welcome home. Home too. Hey, we just love people around here. That's all. What are we talking about, Jim? Yeah, you can't. How are you going to fall out of love? It's no such thing. You want to know what love is? Go read 1 Corinthians 13. You should all read it tonight and examine how your life lines up with that. And you think like fall out of that? That's a choice. All of it's a choice. Doesn't envy, doesn't boast, isn't jealous, doesn't demand his own way. I mean, we just wiped out like everybody in the first four points. You don't learn to love, then you're going to be self-centered. And unthankful. And let me just say for all of you unmarried people, if you're fornicating, you'll end up in hell if you continue to do that, so don't do that. And then before you get married, you be sure, be certain that the person you've chosen loves God. And I like to say it this way, more than you. And, and be sure that you watch the obstacles and the wind, the wind of adversity come upon their life. You know why? Because then you see what they got when the chips are down. And when the chips are down, you see them turning to the Lord. You see them going after God in prayer. 
And you're like, okay, you may have something now. You see at the core of their being a love for God. That's very good. It's one of the things I love about, and in fact, it is the most highest thing I love about my wife is her love for the Lord. That's the most beautiful thing. I mean, you're beautiful and everything, but your love for the Lord is the most attractive thing to me. So they're uncentered, they're self-centered and unthankful. Don't do that. Judgment falls, snakes come. Snakes are fiery serpents. They make you die. And God provides healing through those who obey, as Moses prays. He provides healing for those who obey. Now, God could have taken the snakes away. He could have just went, bam, and the snakes are gone, but that's not what he does. He could have provided a remedy, you know. No, if healing was found for those who in the original language looked up and lived. In the original language, it's a fixing of one's gaze in the Hebrew. It's two words for, for sight or vision. It's more than just, it's more than just a glance. So I'll, I'll glance at Pastor Karen. So I glanced and I looked away. That's glancing. Gazing? This is gazing. <laughs> fixed. Eyes fixed. That's what you had to do to the serpent. You had to lift, not just kind of look at Jesus. Oh, did I say Jesus? You have to fix your gaze upon the author and the finisher of the good work that he's begun. You fix your gaze. They had to fix their, they had to set their gaze. Distractions might be out there, but I'm not looking. I'm, I'm, my dad taught me, in any ball sport, keep your eye on the ball. I mean, focus on that ball. It's the same as what they had to do. They had to fix their gaze. And I think that's interesting because what they, God gave them some. They had to choose. It was an act of their will, and it was an act of faith. Come on, if you're going to stare at something, you have to choose to stare at it. Then you have to continue to stare or fix your gaze at it and continue to look. It's an act of your will. It's an act of faith. It's interesting. It's not something that just happened. They had to actually enter into it by faith and their actions. And I want to tell you that healing is the same way. Healing's the same way. Salvation is the same way. You need to learn to look long, and as Mike Bickle says, long and lovingly on the Word of God, long and lovingly on the, on the King of Kings, long and lovingly into the throne. You know, put your phone down and focus. Fix your gaze on the things of heaven and the age to come that you'll pass through this internship and eventually end up in glory and then a thousand years come on, ruling and reigning with him. This is a training ground. Turn to John 3. Man, I enjoyed worship. It's really good. I don't, 
don't, I don't think I really understand all the, the words in there, but I, I feels good to me. I, I like it. He picked up all my pieces. Yes, you did. I know that. I know that's right. Come on, somebody say amen. Uh, go to verse. Now, Jesus is talking to Nick. Short for Nicodemus. Rabbi, he says to Nicodemus, we know that you're a teacher come from God. No one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. And I would say that the same is true for you and I as we go about the highways and byways. Signs and wonders help people. They're the exit. They're a sign. God's going to do amazing things tonight, but he's gonna, you're going to see a wave of healing rise in this church. We've had stage four cancer healed, stage three, blind eyes, deaf ears, all that that's happened. I love the neuropathy uh, testimony. You're going to run. Amen? You're going to run. Neuropathy's out of her feet. The doctor's like, we don't know what happened, but you're healed. I mean, like, I know what happened. Jesus. Many of those things happening here and you contending. There was a moment when the enemy tried to put it all back on you. I'm prophesying. I don't know this for certain, but I know it by the Spirit. There was a moment when it all tried to come back on you. We'll probably preach on that. Where it all tried to come back and you had to stand up and smack that thing down and, and stand. And that sickness, that spirit of infirmity, she said she had to do it again today. That spirit of infirmity, you want to come try, try to come back on you. You keep beating that thing down. When that package that you didn't order is delivered to your doorstep, reject it. You didn't order it from hell is on or whatever it is. You didn't order it. It's not for you. Healing is healing. Freedom. That, that's your portion. You've chosen a better portion. Healing, freedom, that's yours. Healed and whole. Next level. Next level. Next level. Next level. Next level, I'm going to provide for your education. I'm going to open up ways. There's a new life. I'm going to renew your strength. I'm going to renew you. I'm going to renew your physical body. And you'll run. You'll run. You'll run like Elijah. Back to Nick and Jesus. Jesus and Nick. Ademus. Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one was born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said you must be born again. For the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who's born of the spirit. Nicodemus answered and said, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you a teacher in Israel? Do you not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify of what we've seen. And we do not receive our wit and pardon me. And you do not receive our witness. Verse 12. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe how, will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? That's so profound. It's a key to revelation, really. You got to believe heavenly things and then you'll receive, you'll receive more. No one ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man who is from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up 
that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe in him believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Oh, I could just keep reading. So powerful. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, verse 14, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Jesus sees himself as he's talking to Nicodemus as the fulfillment of the prophetic type here in the Old Testament, chapter 21 of the book of Numbers. The Old Testament is types and shadows of the greater things to come. So Jesus references Numbers 21 to say that it was talking about me. In other words, those who were bitten by fiery serpents. And that's certainly a picture of the devil. It's a picture of judgment. It's a picture of sin. It's a picture of sickness. And he's saying those bitten and all have been bitten. All of us have been bitten. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so sickness and disease, infirmity, separation from God, that's our lot prior to receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And then you have to exert your authority and stand upon the finished work of the cross for healing too. Salvation and healing. Healing and salvation in the cross. And you have to press it down into your ears. You have to meditate on the Word of God. I mean, if you get sick... Take out the, instead of taking out the Percocet, pull out the Word of God and beat the fool out of the thing. It's so easy in this culture to go get an operation. Go get surgery. Go let, go let them give you another medication. Correct your high blood pressure, but your bowels fall out. Now that's a problem. Now you got a real problem. You don't have high blood pressure, but your intestines are all over the floor. Oh man! I mean, look, you, you go read all, the, read all the side effects. It's been proven to drop blood pressure. Side effects, I don't believe it. You don't believe it. Suicide, bowels will fall out and death. I, I'm going to go for Lord, heal me. By your stripes, I'm healed. By your stripes, I'm healed. By your stripes, I'm healed. If Jesus lifted up as Moses lifted up the serpent, Jesus is lifted up. Come on, look upon him. Look upon the light of the world. Look upon Jesus, the author, the perfecter. Quit looking at every wind and wave and sickness and disease and start beating back the enemy and declare the finished work of the cross. Healing, forgiveness, Salvation, salvation, sozo, the word salvation, covers everything. The serpent represented their judgment and their sin. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, talks about how judgment and how we were separated from sin and 
The serpent represented pain, their pain. Galatians 3 and 13, Christ redeemed us, this is the NIV, from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. It is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a pole. A pole. A tree. Wow. The pole and the serpent is also it's a picture of forgiveness. To believe, look, James says the demons believe and they tremble. Somebody said, I'm a believer. That's a strong statement that I think maybe a good portion of people shouldn't say it because they don't know what it means, and it's not true. Much of the Western church is what I would call unbelieving believers. You've heard me say it many times before. Maybe they believe on the Lord for salvation, but they don't, they don't know that healing is theirs, and, and they don't really know the fullness of salvation either. And so they walk a compromised life, I was talking to somebody recently, and if you're online or here in the congregation, you know, I, I'm just going to use you as an illustration. I won't say your name or where it happened, but, but it's just so good. I got to use it. So for your beginner preachers, don't ever do this. <laughs> but then again, you know, if you're listening, it's going to help you. Or if you listen later. They uh, had come to a service a while back, and... Uh, one of them was convicted as a couple. They were living together, not married. One of them was convicted of, you know, being in sin. Came out of, I mean, you come to, listen, you come to this church, you're going to get it. You know, you're going to hear it like that. And um, if you want some other church that's not going to talk about sin, then um, I'm sure there's plenty. I, I don't know which ones they are, but, but it's not this one. I'll be sure it's not this one. We'll, we'll, we'll try to preach to make you as uncomfortable as possible. You know why? Because there's a place that I'm going to tell you something, walking in the righteousness of God and, and walking in truth and living a lifestyle of repentance, forgetting that which lies behind and pressing on to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, lying on your bed, knowing he could come back anytime and it'd be all right, except for the fact that you want to do more for him, knowing that, you're, that your conscience is clean, that you've washed, it's your royalty, having a confidence in prayer to boldly come before Hey, God! He's like, yeah, I love you, Lord. I love you, too. Ah, 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 come on! That was, that was real. That, that actually just happened for me. Having that kind of a thing, having that kind of a walk with God instead of a, Lord? He's like, yeah. Uh, uh, I need some, you need to repent. I know, I know, I know, I know. What kind of a life is that? No confidence. So when you pray, you're like, you know my heart, God. Mercy. I mean, mercy is a good thing to pray for. Back to the illustration. So they didn't both come that day. Just one of them came and was like really convicted. So comes home and says, man, we got we to gotta get married. We got to get married. We can't, we can't do this anymore. We can't do this anymore. I was at church. I'm convicted. We can't do this anymore. And then the other one talked him out of it. The other one's like, no, 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 hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. 
you know, we needed to do this and this and this, and we're going to get married. So the Lord knows. So the person's telling me this story, and like I was going to agree. I mean, that's an awkward moment. Right, Pastor? Come on, a little uptight, huh? I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah, I just, sorry, you know, but uh, yeah, 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 they got it right, actually. You know, get married, man. You're like, oh, snap. I said, yeah, don't mind me, but I'm going to be a pastor to you. You know what I've found? Always do the right thing. There's only two or three people that like you anyway. So you might as well just live on fire and let the chips fall. And the truth is, who cares? Who cares? May God anoint you to not give a fig, as Dr. Morocco says. May God anoint you to not give a rip about, about any. That was such a weak high five. Can we do that again? Yes. That was weird. It's just kind of like. We better not do that again. I need prayer right now. Hey! Come on, praise break! Come on, give them praise in the house of God! Yeah! Yeah! Do it again! I'm almost going to yodel. I'm at like the yodel stage. <laughs> Many of you don't know that Minister Becky is a champion yodeler. Okay. Man feels good in here. <laughs> Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. Come on, look to him. Come on, look to him. He's the healer. <laughs> oh. See, it's the thing about having notes. Like, I feel obligated to finish it. Everybody say, look up and live. Look up and live. There is a life that God has for you, a victory, a life of joy, a life of freedom. A life where the burden and the yoke will break. A life of victory, battles and victory every time. There's a life for you. And me. And so many live beneath their birthright as a son, as a daughter of the Almighty God. Understanding who you are. You don't have to let the snakes bite you. Or if you are bitten by one, as Paul did, you shake it off into the fire. How many of you know that? We've preached it. Come on, everybody say, just shake it off. Helizon delivers a package that you've got sickness. Don't receive it. Helizon. 
It's uh, different than Amazon because hell is the one that delivers sickness, infirmity to your house. So I didn't order this. You can jam it. Take it somewhere else. Again, we're not quite sure what jam it means. But I, I would say that it means you're not receiving the, the package. And if you start feeling sick, you start having infirmity, you start having symptoms, contend. Look to Him. Believe for healing. Get all the healing scriptures out and read them over yourself. Prophesy them over yourself. Yeah, we believe in doctors too. You know, examine your life. Some of you are sick because you eat terribly. Listen, the only reason I can say that is I changed my nutrition. So I don't feel, we wouldn't be talking about that if I was eating Twinkies along with the rest of you guys. If I was jamming all kinds of sugar and overeating all the time, we would just be fat and say nothing. Just be like, well, lift your hands, praise God. <laughs> and I, I can't help but think that all of it, it's just tied together, the GMO food and, you know, I'm not much of a conspiracy guy, but man, it's a lot of, a lot of coincidences, huh? 70% of the, uh, of the pharmaceutical drugs are sold to Americans, of the world's pharmaceuticals, sold in the U.S.? I mean, what's the world population? Seven billion? Is that what it is? Anybody know? Seven billion? What, who knows the population of the U.S.? We should ask Siri. Pardon me? 8.6 billion. Siri, what is the population of the United States of America? As of 2017, the population of United States of America was 325,145,963. But I think that counts a lot of illegal immigrants as well. break. Come on. Hallelujah. Hey. <laughs> My family immigrated here a long time ago, but I'm of, you know, we're all pretty much immigrants unless you're not. All the native Alaskans, I think you were here. You might have came across a land bridge, but you're still an immigrant too then. Amen. So the earth, is it 8 million? We could ask Siri that too. Siri, what's the population of the earth? In 2018, the population of earth was 7,655,957,369. Right, it's exactly what I thought. <laughs> so the United States of America, I forgot the number, 325 billion uh, you guys are crazy. You guys are crazy. What is the population in the United States of America? As of 2017, the population of United States of America was 325,145,000. Okay, very good. So, all of you mathematicians out there can figure out what the percentage is. I mean, 70%, 
325 million souls, use 70% of the pharmaceutical drugs? Is that, is that odd to you? Is that, is that odd to you? Somebody said one of the reasons there's more miracles overseas is they don't have an option. They don't have an option. They might not have a doctor, might not have a hospital like you're going to shanda shanda until you get it. I don't know what the translation of that. Has anybody got a translation? <laughs> Press in, get the word of the God and believe. Amen. <laughs> I got to finish this. All right. We're called to look and live. No one's safe from being bitten. We've all fallen short of the glory of God that there's a remedy. There's a remedy for them. There's a remedy for you. You got to look intently to Jesus. Come on, someone say, look to Jesus. Think about what he's done for you. Think about what he's done for you. And again, if you're new here and you've never received him, for the love of God, I implore you to get right with God. And for those of you that are half-stepping, living a half-hearted life, that's painful. It's painful. Give your whole heart to God. You gotta live in Him. You gotta live in Him. We must live in Him. Without Him, we can do nothing. Galatians 2 and 20. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Meditate on that. Memorize that. And then you'll find yourself, wait a second, I'm not entirely crucified. There's always, I mean, it's like the bride of Frankenstein that just tries to get up off the cross. Live a life in the flesh and then in the spirit. Come on, you foolish Galatians. Having started in the spirit, you think you can finish in the flesh? No man you have, to, you have to pick up your cross daily. And then you have to reckon yourself dead. And you stand on the word of God for sickness and infirmity. Come on, push that up just a little bit. Lift your hands all across this place. Did I get all my points? Teach and encourage others to do the same. I'm done. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.